Hola, everyone. I'm Jenny Solans along with my husband, Ben. Hola, chicos. Bienvenidos a Breaking Español. Every week, we share our journey as we learn Spanish, immersing ourselves into Latin culture while raising our young son bilingual. And we hope that hearing our story inspires you to embark on your own language learning journey. ¿Están listos? Vámonos. Enjoy the show. Bienvenidos. Welcome back, guys. Uh, we hope you enjoy part one of our journal through Oaxaca, where we shared why to go, where it's at, what to see, where to stay, as well as just our first impressions once we got there. And today we're going to kind of go over some of the sites to see in Oaxaca, like in central Oaxaca, as well as the surrounding areas, because there's when you go there, you have so many options for like day trips, but just as well as like where to kind of walk around and the markets and the plazas within um, central Oaxaca. And we chose to do a ruin, of course, because we had to. We had to go to one of the ruins. So we chose Monte Alban, but there's also Mitla. And one of the first things we did when we woke up the first morning in Oaxaca, we just started walking and we just left our bed and breakfast and we went out. And where we jump into, we're right, the first thing we saw was Santo Domingo. Santo Domingo. Santo sí. Domingo, the beautiful big church. It had the bells ringing, and I was in love from like the minute we saw it. And there was a little market setting up, and it ended up being where I bought, I don't know, like a hundred different things. Like I bought <laughs> like bag, bolsas, and little, um, little uh, stuffed animals, and I bought so much fun stuff. But um, also right there was this garden, and I saw it said El Jardín Etnobotanico de Oaxaca. And I was like, oh, I remember seeing that on Instagram. Thank you, Instagram, for always showing me these beautiful, picturesque places I have to see. But <laughs> we walked in, and the guy, uh, there was like a policeman right at the front. Do you remember this? Oh, just a little guard, security guard. Yeah. It was like, a, yeah, it was like a security guard, but you kind of look like a policeman. But he was like, stop, stop, like stopped us right when we walked in. And he said, the garden has gotten so popular, also probably, thank you, Instagram, that they now only let you in with tours. So they had a Spanish tour or an English tour. And we were just in time for the Spanish tour. It was going to be like within like five minutes. So that's what we did. And Ben went inside and bought our... Um, boletos? Yeah, boletos. Como se dice tickets? Boletos. He went inside and bought our tickets. How much were the tickets? Like two pesos? 50 pesos. Oh, 50 pesos. So $2.50. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. US. 50 pesos. Super cool garden. I mean, living in Southern California and Arizona for so long, like I'm used to these plants. Like it's cacti and... Um, nopales. Nopales and like cal like Palo Verde trees and agaves and they had different um, fruits and vegetable plants and stuff. So I still got a total kick out of it. Like it's totally helped me plan for our, our jardin, like our own. <laughs> but um, it might not be as interesting if, like, you've lived in the desert forever and you're not a big fan of those plants. But it's just really cool, though, to see what's natural and native to that area. Right. And we we took the Spanish tour, so he was explaining to us in Spanish what all the different plants were. Like, a certain type of tree makes this white flower, which is only for weddings and yeah. you know, very special. And, and what they like use everything for. There yeah. was jicama growing in the ground, and it was super cool. And, I, you know, the tour was hard for two reasons for me just because i was wrangling a toddler but also it was a hundred percent in spanish and a lot of the the plants i don't know this is these are words i've never heard before so i got a little um caught up because i didn't 
know that he was just saying a word of a plant. And I was like, why don't I know that word? What verb is that? What is he trying to tell me? And he was just talking about a plant. So, you know, I mean, I'm so glad we did the Spanish tour, but there was probably some, you know, lost in translation there. But there, uh, <laughs> the people that were on the tour with us just like made my day because we had a Spanish couple um, from España and he was so awesome because he would translate just a tad. Like he would just like really quick summarize. He'd go, this is the green peas. This is the jicama. This plant's for this. You know, he would just summarize what the guy said real quick. Um, and the tour was about an hour long, wasn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 45, 45 minutes, minutes an hour. Yeah. But my absolute favorite was the Korean guy because, <laughs> bless his heart, like he was having the best time, knew nothing. He didn't know English or Spanish, and it was it was so great because he was so excited about the tour. And we were trying to explain to him that it was going to be in Spanish. And he totally understood what we said, and he's like, he goes, no, I don't know English. I don't know Spanish. I know nothing. Like, it so makes no difference whatever, to me. Let's yeah. go. So he's like, let's go. And um, he... Like, I love seeing... That's a hard feat, right? Going from Korean to English, like... You don't even recognize the letters. Oh, my God. Like, I, it just blows me away that people take on... Because, you know, the challenge of going from English to Spanish, like, we think it's a big challenge, but, like, in the scheme of languages, like... It's not that It hard. seems so easy compared to what he's kind of going up against. And he said... We had used the Google Translate app just to say a few things or whatever, but he had this little dictionary and he started looking at Jack and he's like, oh, you know, and he's like touching his little cheeks and you know, he's like loving on Jack. And he goes, um, he says in English, he production you. And I'm like, huh? He production me. And I'm like, oh, he's asking if this is our baby. Yeah. And he like. <laughs> he is a production of you. And it was just like. Oh, God, because you know how many times we probably say something that sounds just like that? Mm-hmm. And so we stayed really close to him the whole time because he was just a blast to be around and he was having so much fun. And it it's, it's shows that you don't have to know a lick of the language and you can still enjoy <laughs> it and enjoy a tour. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fun. But I did, I totally, I took a bunch of pictures of the garden and uh, go check out our, our breakingespanol.com because it's really pretty. And I... I it's so cheap. Like, yeah, go I might do have that. got some good B-roll video too. So we don't know. We haven't parsed through all that yet. But, oh yeah, uh, we'll yeah, yeah. Definitely put some. We'll post some of it on the site so you can check us out there, or you'll probably see it on Facebook too if you follow us on Facebook. Yeah, it was a totally good start to Oaxaca, and because that's, I felt like that was one of the most pretty parts of the city was right around the Santo Domingo. You could spend five days literally just hanging out right around yeah, there. One of so the beautiful. best restaurants is right across from Santo Domingo and from the um, El Jardín uh, Etnobotanica. Botanico, um, it's Casa Oaxaca, and they don't open till one, so you know, it's Latin hours. Like most, yeah, most restaurants. Well, that's true because they're just. I guess I'm used to opening at eleven because, like, you could have lunch at eleven here, but yeah, they don't open till one. Um, but definitely check out that place, and there's a ton of mezcalerias around there. So if you don't end up going to a distillery and you just want to sample mezcal within the city, there's a couple great ones. Do you remember the name of that one that had the waiting list? La Mezcaloteca, which is like, it's a bar mm-hmm. with mezcal. It was beautiful inside. It's it's great. And it's an educational type experience. So you make a reservation and you go and yeah. they explain everything about it and have you taste all these different kinds. We'll list this one because unfortunately, uh, you know, traveling with a toddler is a little different than going if it was just me and Ben. We would have had late nights drinking mezcal at these places, but we didn't end up just hanging on our terrace a lot of the nights and bringing mezcal back. But this was one of the places that that I would ahead of time recommend 
getting a reservation. I mean, be- you could, or you could just run the first day you you're there. You just go there, and it, you know they'll have a reservation, a spot open within a day or two. Yeah, they had there. one available the following day at nine p.m., which mm-hmm. unfortunately didn't work for us, but it could have worked for someone mm-hmm. there. Jack would have slept; he would have been fine. I know in the <laughs> in the place. I think we were just like, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so um, running around the city, well, we did another sit down up on our terrace and shared after we went to the ruins, and we also share a little bit about the plazas and a lot of stuff around the city and why why it's so fun for kids. So we'll lead into that in a second. But I, I will say, um, if you're choosing the ruins, like I'm not really sure one one over the other. Just Monte Alban worked out great for us. There's a shuttle right from within El Centro, but um, we just chose a cab, and it was really cool. I, yeah, because it's, it's only... It five kilometers away or something like that so it's yeah. basically just right outside of town it's super so it's, it's easy to get to the other ones are about an hour and a half each way um so they're just more of a day trip you know this yeah. one's like you can just go there in the morning come back and you know still go about your day right oh totally we had plenty of time we came back jack napped yeah. and we ran around the city and it was great we'll so tell you all about it yeah so uh enjoy uh our next like recount of the first or like i guess the first couple days we were there and just getting back from monte alban so it's friday night in oaxaca today we went to monte alban what is this day three we've been here day three today is day three your narration is hilarious. Um, so Monte Alban was, what is it? Yeah, it's the ruins uh, just outside of Oaxaca. Really close. What was the, we, t- we ended up taking a cab because we went with Jack. So just the most um, smooth ride and everything for him was taking a cab. The other option is to take a shuttle uh, just from in town by the Zocalo. It's like 70 pesos and super easy. Shuttle leaves like every hour, but we had a cab pick us up, and it was round trip. How much? Uh, three hundred pesos. Three hundred pesos. So that is, let's see, a hundred. Fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars. Okay, so it's like maybe expensive, I guess, if you want to compare it to the that's, shuttle. But that was super cheap for us with the cab. That's that's round trip. Yeah, round trip. So um, Felix, our taxi, drove us up there. It was really close, maybe 20, 25 minutes, and we got there. The the big tip that everyone had given me and that I had read online was get there early and spend like two hours there and get, leave right after because it gets really hot. There's no, sh- there's not really any shade and all the people come. Mucho gente. <laughs> That's when all the people come. So Felix dropped us off and then we just arranged for him to come back in two hours and he did. And we had a tour guide who we tried to speak with almost entirely in Spanish, but there were some... Sometimes it was actually really nice because he spoke English very well, and but yeah, he said it would be. He's like, "Do you want me to do it in English or Spanish?" And I said, "Well, we had a tour in complete Spanish yesterday, and there was some loss." He said, "Well, I could do a little bit of both, but to be honest with you, if I do it in Spanish, I can get more fit more in. If I do it in English, it will be slower." And so I said, "Yeah, why don't you just like kind of do a little version of Spanglish for us?" So I think he did like ninety percent in Spanish. Yeah. And then there was a few times, you understood a lot more, but there was a few times where we were just like, oh, what was that? Yeah, like, remember the... Some of the words were like, phantasma and... and uh, remember the... Cosmica? Earth- earthquake. Oh, size... Si- or- oh, trembor? No. Yeah, trembor. Yeah, because I remember it sounded like drum. Tembor. It was like trembor, like a tremor. Tememoro. It was like, yeah. We'll look <laughs> it up. 
So it was good, and we spent about an hour with the guide. And and did, did you know that they don't know what the name of... The, so Mata Alban was a city of the Zapoteca, which was a native indigenous people here in Mexico, uh, well before the Spaniards came. And they don't know the name of the actual place. So Mata Alban was the name that the Spaniards gave to it because it looked like a white mountain. So it was Monte Albano. Albano. So then they just kind of shortened it to Monte Alban. Um, but they don't know what the name of it was uh, because the Zapotecas didn't have like a written language. They had like uh, hieroglyphics or symbols. Um, but they learned a lot about it. It's it's really interesting. Um, yeah, it was a site. it was a cool place, a cool ruins to go to in in this. Um, when you're looking at ruins because we've been to a few before and you can't a lot of them you can't hike you know that just to preserve it they're really like everything's in really fragile state so this was a nice one that it was a big site but you also got to hike like at least three of them and see a lot of the good views I'd be so curious what it looks like when it's green so it's super dry season right now and mm-hmm. so it has this like almost like um, deserty look to it you know like yeah it's, it's very very dry, like very and muted and dry, but it's also like really cool. Like the um, ruins sticking out of it, like it's very like majestic looking. But I'm just, I look like a completely it, different place. Green. Part of the thing that was interesting he was saying is like the one we were at. That's just the main site, but there are five other surrounding sites like that, but they're not uncovered yet because they don't have any money to actually to uncover them. Yeah, because you have to completely excavate all the foliage and the trees. Mm-hmm. And then re- restore and repair it. Yeah, because they said that the reason this one was found was because when the Spaniards came, they were looking for treasure. And they climbed up the mountain maybe to see, you know, what was going on. And they found these this kind of like ancient city there. Uh, and so they dug around looking for treasure essentially through the whole thing. Um, and I think they, I assume they found some because he told us they did find a bunch later. Uh but yeah, so after that discovery was made and then, you know, Mexico got their independence and all those kind of things, they started to uh, to see what was going on. And there's been a really long history there. Like, people used to farm there, you used to be able to camp on site, you used to be able to drive your car, like, it was a parking lot, essentially. Yeah, that was super cool when he said that you used to camp, and I said, you could still camp. He said, oh, no, 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 like, it was a long time ago, but... Yeah. And that, I mean, I would say that's pretty good, we caught all that for being in mostly Spanish, like I said, like, there was, oh, yeah. there was only a couple times where, uh, if you couldn't, like, in the context, you couldn't get what he was saying, but mm-hmm. he really didn't rely on... Yeah, there was very little English spoken, but, but there, he, he knew there were, like, he was very receptive on, there were words that we just didn't know what they were, yeah. right? But it was, yeah, no, it was great, um, yeah, good time, definitely recommend I definitely it. recommend going early, because it started to get hot around, we left around 11.30, and you know we have a one and a half year old so there's definitely times where it's like okay like this would be this is when you would want to leave it's just it's too hot up there you know bring a hat and sunscreen and walking shoes and get there early yeah that's what i'd say about monte aban absolutamente uh and then we came back home or came back to our bed and breakfast which it has been so nice having like a little place to rest and relax and just hang out on our little patio enjoying the 80 degree weather while back home is pouring down rain Mm -hmm. and then yeah we just went down to the city center and hung out right by the santo domingo again right or uh i think that's right by the church and stuff yeah Yeah, so if um we put a bunch of images on our instagram too so you'll have to check them out because 
I love yeah. that part of the city. You definitely can tell it's a richer part of the city and there's like really cute little shops and the restaurants are, I mean, I heard the food was really great here. Uh, and I thought they were talking about street food, which it is. We've already yeah. experienced a ton of the good street food. Uh, but the, the restaurants, I mean, they have this like special distilled mezcal in their front area where you can like check out the bottles and then you go in and they have a, a menu that you would think you're in a metropolitan city in the U S and the food is just incredible. Where were we that at that place? And they had, um, it was hibiscus or yeah, Jamaica. hibiscus, hibiscus flour and gelada. So Jamaica and Chipotle, uh, sauce. Yeah. That and was gelatas. the San Pablo, uh, restaurant, I guess, but the place is like the cultural center. Yeah, it's right next to the Museo de Textile, which is Textile. the tex textile museum. Oh, textile, yeah. that's right. It's the textile museum. Which is beautiful. It's so beautiful. Like, I could watch that one yesterday. installation a million times. Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. <clears throat> yeah, this is a beautiful city. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's actually big. I was surprised. He was saying there's a million people here. Like, there's yeah. three million in Oaxaca State. But one million here in the city of Oaxaca, and because I noticed because we were coming down from Monte Alban, you could see where we are, which is like the city center, uh, and there's this big auditorium they built on a hill called like Guelaguetza, which is like an auditorium for artists and this this uh, festival annual festival they have to celebrate uh, indigenous people and stuff like that. So uh, then, but as we were coming down, if you looked over to the left. You could see like a whole nother city that was easily just as big as the one we're the side side we're in, and that's all Oaxaca. It's and it was like wow. I, there's like this whole. I mean, it's big. Yeah, it was. I don't. I don't know if I really knew it was a big city when I first booked it. I guess I kind of like thought Oaxaca was small. So you'll even hear like we're right on a main street and. <clears throat> the place we're staying at has a little terrace right on the street. You can hear all the street noise. It's not bad, though. I mean, I definitely yeah. wouldn't come here if I was looking to... I wouldn't stay at the same place if I was looking to have somewhere really quiet. Maybe just Oaxaca in general, because it is a city. Like, now I realize yeah. it's a city. It's not a pueblo. It's not a town. It's it's no, a city. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have big, tall buildings and crazy stuff like that. But it, it definitely is a bustling little city. You can tell from all the the cars and but it, it doesn't feel overly touristy and that's I think what I love like you know there's this life and there's this vibrancy to the city think thanks to the tourists you know but I just didn't one thing I've really appreciated is I, I don't feel like I'm somewhere where I just feel like I'm just getting chiclets and little beaded necklaces shoved in my face like there's a lot of vendors and like really there's cute little mark yeah there's cute little markets but there's they're you know they ask you once and then they're done and there are the people that are <clears throat> I feel like the Zocalo which is the big square wasn't it was really fun to take Jack and there was they sell the elote which is the corn on the cob and you grab your corn on the cob and you look at the street performers and there's um the the balloons and the bubbles and all these cool little trinkets and things that kids can play with and that was really fun but like seen it saw it maybe won't go back to the area because it's so congested with the people and that's probably the part of the city that i the only part of the city that i felt was really catering to kind of making sell 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 you know yeah it, it seemed like more of a tourist area versus the other area we were in today which was a bit i believe north of there i'm not oh, quite what sure was, what was the taxi guy saying did he say that was current about this the classes here like the higher up in the city the <laughs> no so that was old so this is it's kind of a funny story so he was saying that 
because uh, you asked, okay, if this was the city of the Zapotecas, like where did people live? Because it, you know, the temples and the pyramids weren't like where you'd live. Mm. Uh, that's where you like you'd work or you'd play or there'd be like a doctor or you know a, a market to get food or whatever. And so they lived all around it on the mountain, and the high, higher class people lived higher up, and the lower class, like the poorer people, lived lower down the mountain. Mm. And so it was kind of a funny, it was like a literal version of high class versus low class. Yeah, but that's not how it is anymore. No, no, oh. no. Well, <laughs> one of the things It's that, like I think of like a cruise ship, you know, like yeah. from Titanic where they put the like... <laughs> right. The low class down. One of the things that's interesting about this town and, you know, I didn't quite get the same vibe in Mexico City. So it must, it seems unique to me is that Everything is like two, maybe three stories tall. Almost all buildings are, are like about two to three stories. And it's just walled off. The, every street, like the entire street is just a wall. There's, you know, with a really tiny sidewalk and then a pretty narrow street. But in every door, there's no signs really. There's not like a bunch of uh, big giant things, blinking lights and signs sticking out or anything. Every door could be something totally different. Like you're walking up and then you turn left and it's like, oh my God, here's this like giant like mezcal bar. And, but it just looks like a normal little door as you walk by. And like, or what you, you were, can't tell. or like what you were saying is it looks like from the, from the street, it's kind of like not really that pretty, right? It's just like, maybe the door is really pretty. Some of them have really pretty doors and really pretty colors painted on them, but it's pretty unassuming, right? It's just like yeah, this wall. But if you open it up, like some of them have these amazing courtyards, right? When you walk in or these little outdoor spaces and it's just these beautiful architecture when you get inside. So it's like this little like present yeah, you it's, open it's or something. It's really interesting. It's, it's uh, it feels like very kind of closed in, in, in the city kind of streets. But then as soon as you walk into a place, it's totally different, you know? Like even parking garages and stuff, like it's it's just a, a a wall with like a you know entrance for a car, but then as soon as you walk in, it's like this giant parking garage. It's like what like where does this like you really? It's very um, surprising, I guess, as you walk down. It's surprising to see like you just come upon some giant structure that you had no idea was there because from the outside it all looks the same or you know like very similar style. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, back in the U.S., it's like, you know, you have, like, big front yards or big grand entrances that have, like, different levels or something. It's, it's Yeah, like- we definitely have much more, like, almost inviting. Like, in the in the States, we, like, invite you to look at the garden, look at the stair, look at the entryway. And it's not something that is, is big here except for the doors. Like, the doors are grand and beautiful. Yeah. And, and when they're open... But the entrance way looks a, amazing. A good example is like we're we're looking for uh, Mercado de Bonito Juarez, which is just like a big market. It has literally like probably hundreds of vendors inside of it of everything you could want. Oh, yeah. But we're literally walking around going, where the hell is this From place? From the outside, it's only a one story, but it looks two story because it's tall ceilings. Yeah. It's in a white building and it has two entrances, three entrances, and there's nothing... Yeah, there's not like a big sign outside, you no. know. Like you go downtown in any American city... And there's like lights and, or, or even, and you know, remember, signs. And even remember that one in um, in Nicaragua. What was that town called? When just north of Granada, there was two 
Masa- oh yeah, Messiah. Messiah. Messiah or something like that. And there was a big market there and it had these pillars and archways when you entered yeah. it. So even that, that one was a little bit more like, come on in, like here's yeah. where we are. This is like, the big market. Y- you know, the complete opposite of the style of building here would be Paris, I would say. How like in Paris, every restaurant, you know, on the street is all about being on the street with big sidewalks and tons of outdoor seating looking out into the into the park or something and here, here it's, it's the exact opposite yeah. here it's like everything is just like a wall with a door and you go in the door it's and like it could be secret. like completely yeah. different yeah completely different animal it's really interesting yeah that's cool well that's uh a recap from we, the last two days yeah last couple of days and we'll check in with you later and whatever we have to share see adios all right guys i hope you enjoyed that little recount of Montalban as well as some of the parts around the city uh, the Mercados, I know we said a little bit about Mercado de Benito Juarez, but if you need food while you're there, that's one of the great spots to go. Cause you can grab, we grabbed queso, you aguacates, like we grabbed a bunch of stuff and brought it back to our bed and breakfast. And, um, the elote, remember how the woman saw Jack was in his stroller with this huge elote. It's a corn on the cob on a stick just chowing down him and this entertained him for probably 45 minutes while we walked around this woman stopped and was like be careful that hurts their stomach and she said it in spanish and um and i was like oh okay and so i took it away from him he'd finished almost the whole thing and he was just eating the the actual corn kernels but i looked online and i didn't see anything about it so Mm. i would love to hear if anyone knows like any you know Spanish, it's a Mexican folklore. Like I don't a, know any Latinas or Latinos that grew up and ate corn on the cob, and like you have any stories about getting a stomach ache? Jack ended up never having any stomach ache or anything, but like I'm so curious about it. So <laughs> <laughs> private message me because I want to know. I want to get to the bottom of that. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And next week, I'm super excited about part three. Okay, what's part three? All about mezcal. Ooh, mm-hmm. I know you're gonna really enjoy part three. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, thanks so much for joining us on this journey. And again, uh, you can reach us on our website through our contact page, on our Facebook page as well. If you have any comments, feedback, questions, uh, corrections for things we said yeah. wrong or whatever. I really, I really appreciate, we both really appreciate the corrections. You know, if we say yeah. something wrong, um, we have a lot of listeners that are native Spanish speaking and just enjoying. Help us a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so helpful because that's kind of why we're here and why we're doing it is um, just kind of. And if you haven't already, please leave us a review wherever you listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever, uh, and share it with anyone else you think might enjoy this because that really helps us let us know what you guys are liking, what you're not to make the better program for you, as well as just to grow the community and all kind of learn, you know, this, this sense of compassion for other cultures together. Yeah, and I know a few of you are taking on a new language as a resolution, so share it with friends because the more people you have on board with learning a new language, the more you'll stick to it. And I will definitely attest to that. So get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Gracias por escuchar. Adios. Adios.